Welcome to When's Happy Hour, the podcast. I'm Aileen Cooperman, CEO and co-founder of Betches Media. And I'm Samantha Fishbein, COO and co-founder of Betches Media. And we're your co-hosts. When's Happy Hour, Work Hard So You Can Hardly Work is the name of our new book that we just wrote. In the book, you can discover everything you could possibly need to know about your career. From what not to do when writing an email to how to start your own business. Sammy and I and our third co-founder, Jordana, never went to business school, but by working hard and learning from our mistakes, we were able to build a full-blown media empire and brand with an audience of more than 10 million people. In preparation for our book coming out, we wanted to take the time to speak with some really interesting entrepreneurs from across multiple industries who have similar stories or different ones, and like everything else we do, ask the questions that everyone wants to know but are too afraid to ask out loud. To get an idea of what else you can discover from our book, you can find an excerpt and a link to pre-order at Betches.co slash WHH. Okay, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Wen's Happy Hour podcast. We are, I'm Eileen. I'm Sammy. And we're joined with, drumroll, because this is amazing. We're joined with founder of Drybar, Ali Webb. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me, you guys. I'm honored. You're one of our personal favorite companies, especially uh, for the branding. Especially you for so much. So I yeah, aspire to so live I, in a dry bar. Dry bar. <laughs> you can. You, you're a company that's like mastered blowouts and branding. That's from my perspective. I like I, that. Blowouts and branding. Thank you. We're writers. Your holiday campaign. <laughs> no one's ever said that. You are writers. It's a little alliteration for you I love this it. morning. Um, yeah, so, I mean, maybe you can tell everyone who's listening just. They what don't is, know what Drybar yeah, is. Yeah, what is Drybar and how did it like how did it start? Like short story, long story, whatever. Well, I mean, I could keep you here for two hours with this story, yeah. but I won't. It basically, I mean, the whole reasoning behind starting Drybar was because I have naturally curly hair. I grew up in South Florida where it was like super duper humid and I just always hated my frizzy curly hair. So, you know, fast forward to many, many years later, finally going to beauty school, you know, realizing my passion light in hair and I was, you know, Speaking of work life and figuring out your shit, I mm-hmm. mean, I was very, very lost for so many years until I found that I wanted to become a hairdresser, fell in love with it, you know, figured out how to blow out my own hair and, you know, spent, you know, my early 20s working in hair salons. And so it wasn't until I got married, moved from New York City to yeah. L.A. and had two babies and thought I was going to be a stay at home mom. And after five years of being a stay at home mom, I was like. like I got to get out of the house and away from these kids. And I love them, of course. But um, (laughs) but, and I loved being a stay-at-home mom and thought I was so lucky. But I just got the itch, man, to get back out there and do something for Mm -hmm. myself. So I, you know, without wanting to like completely turn my life upside down, I thought, let me start a mobile blow dry business where I could, you know, go. My whole pitch was like, let me come to your house when your baby's sleeping and give you a blowout for like 40 bucks. I'm a longtime hairstylist. I'm really good at hair. I have like a window of opportunity that I can do this while my kids are at preschool or whatever. And so I I basically started this and it was called Straight at Home and I was running around LA blow drying all my mommy friends. And during that time, and this is where it's interesting to pay attention to the things I think that you're doing in your life. And I strongly believe that like every experience kind of builds you up for what's next. And so I was operating this mobile business and very happy, but got very busy very quick. And it was like, do I expand this mobily or and bring on other stylists or, you know, what, what should I do? Because this thing is growing and I can't handle all the growth. And I was still having to pick up my kids by like two o'clock. Yeah. So I, that's when I decided to turn my mobile blow dry business into a brick and mortar. And basically, instead of me going to my clients, they come to me. And so I went to my brother and my husband, both bald, and said, <laughs> hey guys, like I want to turn straight at home into an actual like brick and mortar. It was also like 2009 about this time and we were totally in the middle of a recession and they kind of thought we were crazy or mm-hmm. I was crazy. And my my husband knew because my hair was super curly and frizzy. He knew what it looked like when I didn't blow it out. So he was like, I get it. Monica He's like, this is like from a, friends. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, this is like, this will be the next nail salon. He was like, and yeah. he's, in, he's in advertising and speaking of branding, he's the mastermind behind the branding. But you know, he was like, I don't notice. You get your nails done once a week and I rarely notice. When you get your hair blown out, it's like the first thing I notice. So he was like, hook, line, and sinker. This is a great idea. <laughs> yeah. And my brother took a little more convincing because his wife 
as much as I love her, she has that sick straight hair that dries stick straight and perfect. <laughs> yeah. So the girls you hated in high school kind of hair. Yeah, I she, literally was so jealous of those. Oh girls. my god, jealous. I didn't so under, jealous. I, I mean, I would. I when I first met her, and I'd be like, so when you get like out of the pool or the shower, this is how your fucking hair oh dries. Sorry, I didn't mean you to can curse. curse. You um, can curse all you want. So, um, I <laughs> my brother was like, Sarah doesn't blow dry her hair. I'm like. Sarah's the 1%. She doesn't count. Right. Um, but anyways. She's the exception, yeah. not the rule. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we, so we, um, I got them on board. My, you know, my brother had worked for Yahoo and like the Yahoo heyday and he had some money and he was willing to invest. He thought it was a good idea. He called his architect friend, Josh Heitler, who designed the space. He's amazing too. And anyways, so, you know, the, the idea for dry bar was, was basically born at that time. And, and if you haven't been to dry bar, which is to answer your question, very long winded, um, dry bar is a place where you just get a blowout, which, you know, is definitely, we have 107 locations now. It's definitely taken, you know, over the United States, but there are still a lot of people who don't know what it is, but you know, it's basically a place where you go, we wash your hair, then we blow dry it. But I'm sure you guys would agree. It's like, you kind of like, you feel like, you know, you feel like royalty or like a celebrity so when you're totally in there an experience because you yeah. have this like you walk out with this like va va voom hair as and it's what was been most interesting to me is like you know when when you would go into a hair salon and for a blowout it was like the stylist didn't want to do it which is again why our business model works so well because the stylist wanted to use that hour for cut and color where they're going to make a lot more money which makes perfect sense you know so stylists weren't even we've had to re retrain and train stylists who've been in the industry for 10 years because mm -hmm. they weren't they were blow drying hair more to see the result of the haircut and color not yeah. for like red carpet ready kind of hair which is what we honed in on it was like the styling piece of it because yeah. you know you can get a Manhattan super straight you can get Cosmo lots of curls like so it was a it it was a we totally turned kind of the industry and I, on its head and I didn't I didn't mean to do that it was just kind of what I felt was the right way to start and run yeah. and operate this business that's so yeah. funny you say the thing about styling because I had like such like, you see my hair now it's like I you know curled Soft it but ways. it was so curly like Jewish fro like yep. Jew fro Same. that's what I have yeah so I remember like uh, growing up I wanted to get my hair cut but not because I wanted it shorter wanted I wanted it but my mom is like we're not spending this much money for you like you're literally 12 so she like took me to super cuts and I was like still so excited they're gonna blow out my hair but at the end of super cuts they were like oh no you just go home with your hair wet and I you're was like, crying oh, I just like I cut it it's, it's, it's a memory that I have like I'm just that was so traumatizing <laughs> like my hair is still the same as it was before oh my god I was that girl too and yeah. I used, well, I used to make my mom blow out my hair and she wasn't a professional stylist and she wasn't yeah. very good at it and I used to be like no, mom not me there's ridges in the back ridges, I yeah, the ridges. ridges. Yeah. and I was like how did you miss those yeah. I mean right. I was such a little bitch I mean <laughs> I was also Jufro girl when I was younger <laughs> so I, I get it but it's so it's so funny like you go into a dry bar and you can go anywhere and I love that you can just always get like a nice thing. Yeah. yeah. But I remember like being young and the day after you get a haircut you just feel like you're on top you're of the world. So, uh, I remember it too and I used to do the same thing. I would ask like my mom's hairstylist to just blow out yeah. my hair and I tried every like that you know this was a long time ago and yeah. there was like no and the straightening treatments weren't totally a thing and my mom's hairdresser like did a reverse perm on my <laughs> hair you yeah. know like perm solution but combed it straight it yeah. didn't work but i was like that too i remember like one time he, he his name was like angelo and he blew out my hair and i was like i put it in a ponytail and like look it looks so pretty in a ponytail too <laughs> yeah. i mean it was just like it, you were on top of the world and yeah. it's like i feel like that feeling that i had as a kid which i kind of you know i eventually learned how to blow out my own hair which was really the main reason i went to beauty school and and i worked in hair salons when i was in high school as a receptionist and yeah. they would blow out my hair for That's free amazing. and it was like i was doing i was hustling to You're get blowout. chasing, <laughs> chasing the blowout. Chasing the blowout forever. I like, That's another good line. Damn, you guys are writers. <laughs> I'm going to just call you when I need a yeah, good line. We're happy to help. Seriously. <laughs> so how did you come? So just going back to the branding, how did you end up or your husband end up coming up with the sig like the signature elements of the branding? Like, I love that there's always like a rom-com on and then the menu mm -hmm. always looks the same. It's like a, a bar. Yeah. 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 Well, that was that was it. I mean, when we were concepting the whole idea, I, you know, there was, it was good to have, a, you know, a, a, like a lot of heads together 
with a lot of different ideas. I mean, my, and, and, and I think the reason our partnership in and of itself has worked so well is because my brother, Michael Landau, give him a little shout out. He's, you know, the business and like backend stuff and marketing and, you know, Cameron Webb, my husband, he's creative and marketing and all of that. And I'm hair and, and like customer service and training and all of that. So we all had very, we all have very different roles. And so when we were coming up with the branding, I mean, there was a lot of iterations before mm-hmm. we landed on Drybar. And a little, like, funny story, which I don't tell a lot, but I guess I will put it out there, is that, you know, my mobile business was called Straight at Home. So Straight at Home and Drybar was meant to be, like, kind of a spinoff of Straight at Home. So we, we almost called it Straight Bar. Can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> my God. That That's is so, so funny. funny. Isn't that crazy? So we own the URL, Straight Bar, should anybody want it. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> We're sitting on it. Yeah. We, I mean, obviously, we very quickly realized, uh, no. Right. So anyways, but, you know, there was, like, before, you know, before we had the upside down blow dryers, like, my brother really wanted you know, the, a blow dryer in the logo and Cameron, my husband was like, that's so obvious. I don't want to do that. And so there was like back and forth. And then mm-hmm. I, I don't even remember this, but Cameron said that I was like, why don't you just hang it upside down? And, you know, I mean, it's just like the, pr- yeah. the brainstorming process. And I think even before that we had like, and I still have pictures of this, like dandelions was floating, was part of our logo. Like we were just, you know, trying to figure <laughs> right. out what we were going to do. Cause they were blowing, you know, uh-huh. Oh, that's it. cute. What, so what was it like to work with your husband then or husband and brother? That's pretty like close. Intense, yeah. Versus what, I mean, I'm sure it's now like a well-oiled machine, yeah, yeah. but what's, what do you, how did you start and how did you get to this place? Well, I think because like I said, we all had such incredibly different skill sets and we, we very much let each other like own each you know, like the lane that we were in I think that's why it works I mean whether you're you know partnering with your brother or best friend or whatever I think knowing from the get-go like boundaries and who kind of owns what is is at least what feels like the secret to, to me and to us and why it worked um, so yeah it's it, it, we definitely had our moments I mean in the early days Michael and Cameron used to kind of like filter everything through me and then I would like filter it back out which as you can imagine was not ideal because Michael Cameron would send me something like on the website design and I would be like, yeah, I love it. And he, so I'd send it to Michael. Michael would be like, well, I like it, but blah, blah, blah. And I would go back to Cameron like, Mike likes it, but he doesn't like this. And Cameron would be like, what the fuck? Why does he like that? I'm like, okay, can you guys just talk? Because this is not going to, you know, and then that, you know, forge that relationship. And, and so, you know, then, and they, and together they, it's a pretty magical thing because they have such great ideas and really feed off each other. Are they really close? They're, yeah, they're pretty close. You know, I mean, the, the you know, that was almost 10 or nine years ago. Right. So to your point, the business has evolved quite a bit. We have a professional CEO. We have, you know, our headquarters is made of, of about 120 people from, you know, head wow. of retail, head of marketing, head of product, head of HR. I mean, and then all the people under them. And then not to mention the 3000 stylists out in the field. So the company has like gotten pretty massive. And the things that we used to have to do on the day to day, day to day basis isn't what it what it was you know back in the early days it was you know we've grown quite a bit that's were, amazing were the products an original part of the brand and the concept no I definitely mean, that's like the thing. there wasn't a whole lot of anything part of the original i mean the, the whole idea was like let me see if i can get this mobile business and turn it into a brick and mortar and will enough people come and when we first opened brentwood which are, was our first store in la it was like we were hoping for like 30 to 40 clients a day that mm-hmm. would be a good business i mean now our locations like you know basically a day is usually between like 80 and 120 blowouts so mm-hmm. you know you can do the math it's it's quite a bit of a bigger opportunity than any of us thought i mean this one shop in brentwood in la was meant to be like my one little shop i was going to pick up my kids from preschool and that was even my life you know and that was that was you know almost nine years ago and of course when we first when the first day we opened we were like um we are on to something I mean people were like lining up and we were so busy and it never really stopped right now I have like such a craving to go to a dry bar like I want to sit in the chair and like it I love I love how it always feels like the same like it always feels like I like I know what to expect. Well, that's like the nicest thing. Yeah. I know it's going to be good. That is that is like the 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 sacred cow is making sure that Must you know challenging. a woman in can sit in New York, L.A., Chicago, D.C., Boston, wherever, and and have a great experience. And you know, from the get go, even before we had products and and tools and anything, I I never allowed the stylist to bring in their own stuff. I always just wanted more 
more from an aesthetical is, is, is aesthetical a word aesthetic, aesthetic. I aesthetic. think aesthetical should be a word yeah, yeah. sure okay I make up words now it time. is yes. <laughs> I you know I wanted everything to feel like uniform and I wanted it to, I didn't want it, one stylist bringing in like a red blow dryer and one stylist bringing in a black one right. I was like that's just gonna look messy and crazy and I was like this is my business I can do whatever I want with it and I'm gonna and you know you know you guys know the mirrors aren't in front of the station yeah. it's like there's a lot of things I did that I just felt as the consumer I wanted you know for women not not what a traditional hair salon had always looked like I was like I'm gonna buck the system and do it the way I want it which is a risk you know yeah. but you know so that 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 was my you know my kind of vision I guess in the beginning was to have that uniformity throughout the shop it wasn't until about three four years into the business that we actually developed product even though I wanted to very early because I I was using you know a mishmash of products from all these different lines and they didn't all work together great yeah. and obviously our main one focus goal was to do great blowouts and for them to last and so a lot of times a lot of the products we were using were too heavy and they your hair would be oily in a day or you know it just was like all over the place yeah. and I and I didn't love that and so I, that's really why I wanted to start products because now our products are very very specific to creating you know a long lasting and great blowout. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, you're, just to talk about, because we were talking about this before we started um, recording, like I use the 3D vendor, like, the best. like it's my job. Yeah. I don't even like to blow out my hair. I just use the thing. Because That's what I do too. That, I just, it, I mean, my hair today is like rough dried and then yeah, curled right, the exactly. And it, it makes, because I don't like leaving my house, going somewhere, coming back. And it's like a wait, like a extra yeah. time yep. when I could just sort of do it myself. The same thing getting my makeup done, I could do it myself. But it's all about like having really good products to make it look professional. I feel like you guys really like kill it with that. We, well, you know, and we have, it's great because the, the product process, which I very much lead and, you know, a lot of the products come from my brain. I yeah. dreamt up oh, and, cool. and a lot of, but a lot of them also come from, and you know, my 20 years experience in this industry, yeah. it's like, you know, a lot of them come from our stylists and I very much rely on our stylists to say like, hey, we actually need this or we have this product, but it's not doing this enough. Like, can we change it? And and when we're in like, you know, the ideation process of the product or, you know, the testing pro process, this testing part of the product, we send our products out into the shops and to ask our stylists, like test them on yourself, on each other, on any clients who will let you and give us your honest feedback. I don't ask them for it because I want, I don't want them to feel like they can't tell me what they really think. Mm -hmm. But you know, we have a huge product team now that, you know, that gets all that data from our stylists, which is incredibly helpful because they, they are on the front lines. We trust them implicitly and they're very honest and they'll be like, yeah. I don't really like this or it did this or it did that. But that's the kind of stuff you need to no, yeah. and so I think that gives us a very unique point of difference, and and makes the products great. That's amazing. Yeah. So what do you what do you want people to like feel or think when they see something dry bar related, like an ad, or if they walk past? I a I salon? think you know kind of like what you were saying. You know, I want people to feel excited, and I, I think I think part of the magic of our business is like you said, you're just sitting here wanting to go to to dry bar now because we're talking about it. I think it's that in anticipation mm -hmm. of the excitement of like knowing you're gonna have yeah. really pretty hair. It's like a it's like an intangible feeling, <laughs> and that's what you know we want people to feel. And and you know it's not just it's not one thing as you guys know it's like you know you're gonna walk out with a really pretty blowout but if we're doing our job like the people at the front the bartenders are gonna be so nice to you and the music is gonna be great and the movie is gonna be great and you can charge your phone and like all these like little you know it's like an oasis <laughs> yeah you know I mean it's all it's it, and it's been interesting how we've had you know a lot of copycats and a lot of people trying to emulate what mm -hmm. we're doing but there is a secret sauce and there are so many so many many little touch points that make the experience so great it's not like we just opened up a shop and made it pretty and hired some hairstylists I mean there's so much training that goes into every single thing yeah. and even the way the shops are designed you know acoustically space wise for the stylist like there's a lot of detail attention to detail that goes into it that I believe humbly makes it special, unique and different and why you love sitting there. Well, I feel like you, it's not only that you got, you had copycats with other blow dry bars. It almost feels like you became one of those companies that it's like, you're the, the, other people want to be the dry bar of something. Yes. So they want to be the yeah, dry bar of nails of yes. or they want to be the dry bar of facials Lashes or that sort of. And, yeah. mm -hmm. Exactly. So that is sort of like, like a feat in itself. Yeah. So. <laughs> like <laughs> I know it's funny when I remember when that first started happening and I was like, oh, Oh, well, that's really flattering. You know, it's yeah. like we're the dry bar of facials. We're the dry bar of this, the dry bar of that. You know, and I think that's because we, 
you know, I would love to sit here and say like I had this like grand like master plan yeah. and I was like I knew this was going to be uber successful and I didn't and I didn't I didn't I just did it based totally on gut and like the fact that I'm you know a client and a stylist and so I that's how I came at the business and I I remember being a kid and you guys probably remember this too because you like to go to hair salons too <laughs> and going to like full service salons with my mom and she'd get her nails done she'd get her toes done she'd get her hair done she'd get a facial all in one spot and I think that that was kind of cool and fun but I feel like to me as I got older I I realized that like you know, I, I've, I've never gone to the same person for cut and color. I always feel like yeah. you can either cut my hair and be great at it or you can color my hair and be great at it. I don't think you're going to, there's any way you're going to be great at both. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was kind of part of my mindset with dry bar. It's like, we're going to just focus on blowouts because to me, it's like that's hard enough to master on its own. And so, you know, we obviously felt like this was like, we're going to do this one thing and do it really well. And I think that that, that ideal kind of took off and other people were like oh yeah we're gonna do it one thing and do it really well and for for us that's lashes but make no mistake I mean I'm sure you would agree a lot of women will be like oh I just wish I could get a manicure while I was sitting in dry bar and I was like I get it me too sister but no you know we bring are, your own person yeah, yeah I mean it's like it's just you know it then it then starts to like kind of dilute the mm -hmm. experience and it's like if I'm trying to run a nail salon within a blow dry bar yikes you know right. and I don't know anything about nails and I'm not the expert on it. I can I can very much say I'm the expert on hair I, I understand hair backwards and forwards upside down so for me to try to then say, okay, I'm going to add lashes or makeup to dry bar, it just would feel very inauthentic. And so we've always stayed very clear of that. And, you know, and I think other businesses have kind of followed suit, which has been very, very yeah. flattering. I mean, when you come up with like a successful formula, people want to emulate. Exactly. Or apply. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So what do you feel like, just speaking to like a potential aspiring entrepreneur, what do you think people get wrong when it comes to branding? And what do you think is really the key? Uh, it's such a good question because I think, I mean, I, I think most people get it wrong. And I think most people think they're, think that they know better than they do or they have a better aesthetic. I mean, I don't mean to sound like a jerk, but I think that there's... We want as much honesty as possible. Yeah, I mean, I just think that people really underestimate the power of great branding not including you guys, you obviously get it. And this place is so stinking cute. I just want to say <laughs> an Instagram you. explosion in here. You can totally do I, that. I already started taking yeah. pictures. But, you know, I think that it's like, you know, a more blanket advice is like recognize what you're good at and what you're not good at. I mean, if I had tried to do the branding for Dry Bar, we would not be sitting here. You know, it's, it's, I, that's not my thing. It's not my specialty. And I recognize that, you know, Cameron, it's his thing. You know, he's, he's a creative genius and so we he was the one who came up and of course we talked about it and we yeah. all weighed in but like ultimately the creativeness that comes out of his brain is like mm -hmm. it's amazing and that and you need somebody who has that attention to detail to creative detail and 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 really understands and is good at that and and you have to be willing to like spend the money or find the person or whatever it is to get somebody who understands truly understands branding and how important it is and I think that a lot of businesses take that part for granted and you know how many yeah. how many businesses do you walk into and you're like Ugh. you know it's like I love what they're selling or what they're doing but the place is kind of like drab and the lighting's bad and it's dirty and it's like there's no consistency and all the things that you see in uh, frankly most businesses and, and and they're getting better with like the exception of like you know, soul cycle yeah. and like sprinkles, uh, you know, cupcakes. And, you know, there's so many other businesses that I think are, are nailing it now who, who are thinking about it. And, and, you know, the way we think about it, it's like every single, wherever you, when you walk into dry bar, you know, you, it's like a, it's almost like a surprise and delight, which our architect taught me. I didn't know that, you know, I remember when he was saying he wanted you know, he he made this massive like design for our bathrooms, which you've seen, like the cool wallpaper, yeah. the yellow yeah. mirror. And I was like, oh, it's just a bathroom. <laughs> but then it's like that's so many women take selfies in the bathroom. And it's like it's yeah. just like another layer that you would discover. And, and all of those things just like, you know, endear you to a brand. And you can't take that for granted. You the, know? the principle is called surprise and delight. Yeah. It's like meaning like you, there's always like more to discover. Yeah. It's like when yeah. you, you I know, like you know, when you walk yeah. in dry bar, like, you know, f first you're like, you walk in and it smells really good. And it, you know, you, you walk into the waiting room and you, there's the music and the movie. Playing. It's like, it's kind of like a sensory 
overload in a good yeah. way you know then they take you back and i'm sure if you guys remember the first time you went to dry bar like then when you go into the shampoo lounge like there's the cute chandelier and the wallpapers and you're just yeah. like oh it's really cute in here too i distinctly right. remember the first time i oh, sat at, i sat at a dry bar and i remember like i can remember the feeling of looking around and being like oh my god like they right. they have yeah. every aspect so nice. of it that's perfect and comes together and oh, everything that. is just cute and like nice to look at and, and thought through yeah and you feel that way and, and I then i got a membership i think that and I, I think that that is such an important point because i think that as a consumer when you're sitting in a space and that's happening and you're looking around and you're like everything is so cute i just love it here there there's also whether you realize it or, or it's subconscious this feeling like if these people who own this place thought about all these little details chances are pretty good they thought about me. So if I have a bad experience or something goes on, like I know there's somebody in here who really gives a shit. You know yeah, what I mean? And sure. so there's that feeling that if someone's taking the time to put this kind of like thought into the experience that you're having, uh, you just like, there's a there's a calmness and a relaxingness that happens, I think, that again is why all of those little details make such a difference. If when, you've, when you're in a store or place and it's like dirty and not well kept and all that, you're like, they're not thinking about nobody the customer. Cares. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking like when we were when you're describing like ama- like if a company has amazing branding you're like drawn to them. I think that's because they like try to put themselves into the customer's shoes exactly. or the consumer's shoes and like what do we want them to feel right now? Exactly. And then like let's cre- how do we how do we create that atmosphere? Like take take the next step. How do we want them to feel now? Right. You know, and then it's like sort of building a story of like emotion until they leave. Totally emotion. I mean, and you're right on. Yeah. And it's like even when we first started and I'm sure you guys know this because you're you're avid customers and you probably have our app, but <laughs> we, you know, we ha- we have oddly 50% of our clientele still calls which really is like you oh you, i call people all the time you do i never yes. i hate the phone i, just, no. I like the online book an appointment no, yeah. the little blow dryer goes absolutely down. Yeah. but if i have a question yeah like sometimes not like for <laughs> when i go to like y7 for example like say that yeah they yeah. have like sometimes they're glitchy thing like i can't yeah. sign i signed up for the wrong class but i didn't mean to and i want to just call someone to tell like, them to help me fix it yeah but there's no number yeah. well with us when we first opened the first location in brentwood and had no idea like what we were getting ourselves into and the first day literally like we naturally put the phone like next to the computer where people come in and come out but it was so busy and there was like you know women standing at the front desk waiting to be checked in women waiting at the front desk waiting to be checked out then like a whole line of people getting blowouts and it was so loud because of the music and the yeah. blow dryers that there was no chance I was going to answer the phone and be like hey welcome to dry I mean and right. and with someone like me looking in someone's eyes and just like I could not bear to be like you know one second while I'm on the phone right. and I was like we, and I remember like the girls working for, for me were like um what do we do? Like, I'm like, just don't answer the phone. Let it go to voicemail. We'll call everybody back. I mean, yeah. that was our only alternative. And then we found ourselves like basically in the call center business, which we are very much in now because 50% of our clientele still call. And they, but we took the phones out of the shops, which always kind of drives. I know it's a pet peeve of people from you want to like call the specific shop, but like, it's just not possible, yeah. you know, and, and to I get give that. people a good experience on the phone in a quiet, like, I mean, if you call you like SoulCycle because you're running more than four minutes late, <laughs> You're, you're like, oh, killed my spot, please. Yeah. It's so loud. They're like, what's your name again? Yeah. So it's, I it's totally not a good experience. That. Right. And that's what we very quickly realized, honestly, within the first day and like two weeks, we were like, my brother and I were like, man, we got to get the phones out of the shops. And, you know, it was little by little. We had, you know, we have like 100 people that answer the phones daily now because 50% of our clientele still call yeah. I'm one the of those app. 50 I call, you, you I, call <laughs> I don't call you specifically well, now, now you can <laughs> now you can but I mean it's like people just prefer and sometimes it's true it's like yeah. you have you just need to know some things and we get it and we work really hard to like have great customer service on the phone and and you know be as knowledgeable and helpful as we can. Yeah. And, and I get it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a bad experience with calling dry bar, but oh, good. Like, yeah, not that I can remember. Um, so now we just want to jump into some questions like for general entrepreneur, women starting businesses. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier in the episode that you like felt lost. Like you weren't sure what you were going to do before you even became a hairdresser. Yes. What advice would you give to people who might feel lost now? Well, I think it's, I think it's a little bit and it's, it's hard. I think when you're in the moment to, to trust this, but I do think you have to go with your gut and trust, trust your path. I know that sounds like a little like voodoo-y, but I think that we like, love that. but, but when I, trust when, your path. 
it's true because I feel like for me, I lived in, you know, I knew I wasn't going to traditional college. I mean, I did for a minute and was like, this is not where I want to be. And I, I, I could not like wait to get to New York City. As a kid, my parents took us to New York a lot. And I was like, you know, and I see it in my kids who are 11 and 13 and we take them to New York and you can just see like the wonderment in their eyes. And, and that's how I was. And I was like determined to get to New York. And, and I, you know, I, first, well, before I was, I moved to New York and wanted to work in fashion before I even went to cosmetology school. But, you know, I just kind of kept going with what felt right at the time. I've, I think that's always been my path. It was like I wanted to work in fashion. So I moved to New York and I worked for Cynthia Raleigh. I worked for Nicole Miller. Like I was just like, I would do anything. I was like a receptionist at Cynthia Raleigh's showroom and I worked in retail at Nicole Miller's store in Soho. And I did all of these things, which, you know, ultimately weren't the right things for me. And, you know, even after I had gone to beauty school, in Boca where I grew up in Florida and then moved back to New York and worked in hair after a couple of years of doing that I was like mm, I don't do hair anymore and so then I started working in PR it was so random because <laughs> all of my girlfriends worked for Rogers yeah. account and I was like you guys have a super fun job I want that job and I became someone's assistant in the music industry which was a pretty fantastic job I yeah. have to say but it was interesting how that job and working in PR like taught me how to write I mean not that I'm a writer on your level but like how to like structure because I didn't go to college and an email was still new when I was like coming into the workforce and I remember like just he taught me how to write press releases and and that that education that I got in that job and being professional and having to like deal with like you know artists like Faith Hill and Janet Jackson and Jennifer Lopez because that's who my boss represented was like quite the education which I didn't know I was getting you know and you can't get that in college though that's through that. experience yeah. yeah and so you know and and you know backtrack to when I worked as an assistant to the owner of a salon in, in South Florida in Boca I, I, he was the owner of a salon so I heard all the shit and I heard everything that happened and I wasn't really paying attention because I wasn't wasn't like I want to own a salon one day like no, I was like 18 or 20 and was like not paying attention, but all that kind of knowledge seeped in, I think. And so that, you know, there's just so much combined experience that I picked up in all of these like jobs that I did that I think very uniquely set me up for dry bar and what I'm doing now. And had I not had those experiences, I don't think I would have been as successful and would have had, you know, the confidence. And so when I say, you know, trust your path, it's like do the things as much as you can that are like the things that you want to do, you know, versus mm -hmm. the things that like people tell you you should do and you should Absolutely. go to college and you should study this and you should study that. And it's like, you know, we listen to our parents and we listen to the people around us, which is which is great. And you should take it all in. But I do think that like those things like kind of le keep right. leading you to where you want to be if you're really following your heart and your like, you know, best your parents you do. don't know best your friends. don't. I mean, and by the way, my parents, when I told them I wanted to go to cosmetology school, they almost fell off their chair <laughs> and they were like why what imagine you know, telling them like, you want to start a company called betches yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, or imagine telling them that you already have started a company <laughs> called betches true and, and people and like it. they're like what's that we're like we're working on our book our book proposal to get a book deal they're like okay yeah like call, call us when the check's in the mail <laughs> well, i mean i feel like it's true and you guys are not to blow smoke but it's so cool what you guys did and i remember like people sending me the bitches like little like you know one-liners and i was like God, how do they think of that stuff? And it's, and you know, and to monetize it and turn it into a business, like it's so, I mean, you, you know, just I think it's makes sense that you guys are writing a book on, you know, how to, how to like find your, your place in this world yeah. with business. Cause like it's, it, you're, you're such living proof, which I believe I am to a certain extent too, that like anything can be done. And it's like, you know, if you can, you dream it, you can do it, which right. is like such a silly, cliche but it's true yeah. right it's like it's like if, if you can imagine it there's probably a good chance that you can do it thank That's, you for plugging yeah. our book yeah <laughs> yes. it's, it's interesting i feel i feel like you have more um random experiences under your belt totally. than a lot of entrepreneurs i feel like a lot of the people who we've met with have sort of like right after college or whatever and even if you look on like Instagram now, all the influencers are very like, it's the first thing they ever did. Maybe they worked for like two years in one thing and mm -hmm, then they kind of left to start their side hustle. But it feels like you really have a lot of experiences that you, that helped you get to know yourself and helped you and really informed what you're doing now, so which is totally very different than, That's interesting. I mean, if you look at like a lot Absolutely. of the founders that we yeah. know, it's like, this huh. is the first thing they ever did. Huh. And that's yeah. interesting. I mean, I, I think I, I always my parents had their own business growing up. And so I grew up in a very entrepreneurial environment. And I think I grew up with this sense of like 
you can do whatever you want. And my parents like opened little clothing boutiques in South Florida for little old ladies and they would open them next to like the retirement communities and they'd bring like literally bus over these women and mm-hmm. nobody was doing that. The only place, you know, older women could shop was department stores and they made yeah. these little clothing stores like next to like the bagel place and you know yeah (laughs) i mean and it was like just watching my parents but it was always like hard work and that's it's such an interesting point that you bring up because god man there's no way i'd be where i am as i don't believe or as successful as i am if i didn't have all those those jobs and experiences that i i so firmly believe like made me who i am and you know and i don't think i would have been able to handle like the pressure and run a business and don't get me wrong I, I feel like I've gotten like an MBA in business running learning, yeah, driving, raising money and, yeah. and you know having to manage people and the gajillion things that I've had to learn on the job but that's that's how I learned everything I mean my education wasn't in college but I feel like I've had a pretty good education just yeah. from life experiences well, knowing everything that you've learned like maybe like since starting Drybar what would you like sort of do differently um, let's say it was 20, 2009 now you know, I, I get asked that question a lot and I don't, I, I'm, I'm a big like no regret kind of person and I don't think that there's anything that stands out that we've done wrong. I mean, not to say we haven't learned a lot of Or just lessons. you. Like, yeah. What would maybe change I think something? It, I think it's, I think it was, you know, I think it took me a while to kind of come into my own in terms of confidence. Like I think how I mm-hmm. am now and how I can speak to you so guys really now well. and yeah. in, in retrospect... I seem like I have it all together and I just knew this. Like, yeah, I got this. Yeah. I wasn't like that eight years ago. And if you had talked, if we were sitting down talking eight or nine years ago, yeah. I would have been very different and all over the place. I've, you know, I have like a bird's eye view and I've learned so much as we've gone. And, but, you know, in, in the early days, you know, being, I had to, I had to learn how to kind of flex the muscles of being the boss and of making the tough decisions. And those were things that, that came with like some coaching and even, even like, even once we brought in a professional CEO, John Hefner, um, which I was against the whole professional CEO because my brother was, and I thought he's doing a great job. We got this. And, but our private equity partners were like, you're going to need somebody Mm -hmm. who knows how to manage, you know, thousands of people. And and I was like, Okay. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I was very bratty about that whole decision. But even John, <laughs> I love him, and and I it was like one of the best decisions we ever made. And he's he's coached me personally so much when he came in and was like, you know, because I think I very I used to very much get in the weeds and I couldn't see like the bigger picture, which I still struggle with. And everything was a fire to me. You know, if something was wrong. The, it was over. The whole company was gonna fold. Well, I know that feeling. You know, it's so like dramatic. I so agree. dramatic yeah. and so re- so um, reactionary instead of like where John, which is like the good juxtaposition and you know the balance to to my brother and I, who are so like the sky is constantly falling. He's like. <laughs> Let's take a beat and talk about this and think about this. And I'm like, why are you so fucking calm? Like the whole business is going to explode. Like, you know, and and it would like drive me crazy. But, you know, it it, it definitely like helped me like calm down a little bit. And I think that I think it's an important rub, though. I mean, I am still the person who like and and I I feel a lot of complaints personally and like through my DM on it, you know, and my email where people email me and be like, I was in dry bar and I didn't have a great experience. And and to me, I'm like, where there's smoke there's fire and I raise a lot when those things come to me I elevate them and I make sure we take care of them and yeah. and you know if, we, if you look at like our if you were to look at our data for like our you know our you guys know when you come into dry bar after you leave we send you an email saying tell us what you thought give it you know yeah. the good mm-hmm. the bad the ugly please tell us you know and we we take all that data very very seriously and for me it's like the, the percentages are so amazing. I think like our like approval rating or whatever you call it is is like 99.9. It's, it's really yeah. good. But there is 1%. And when right. you do 1.2 million blowouts a year, that 1% is a big fucking number. Right. So I'm like, yeah. but there's all these people. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's a hard argument to make. And you can't. I hate the term and the phrase like you can't please all the people all the time because I want to please all the people all of the time. And and I think that that kind of passion from me, even though like my team is like very heads down and like let let's let us like have take care, make sure we're doing the best we can and that these numbers are a certain level. And when there's, you know, a systemic problem or something like, you know, we look into it all. But I think I'm 
a little more hypersensitive to the complaints and to the, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, it must be so challenging to like have consistent, oh, it's so like, challenging employees, products, like not, pr- so not the products, but like the blowout. Well, no, the products you too. Know, I mean, just like across the board, we've had to, and you know, our head of product, this woman, Kim Natale, she's amazing. And she's been with us for a long time and, and we have such a good relationship and she's not a hairstylist. And obviously I am. And there's been times where, you know, I've like, we were close to launching something and I like got very cold feet on it. I was like, Kim, like the, this isn't, you know, something wasn't working with the, with the, with the like the, the way the, the product was coming out of the bottle. Like, and I was like, I don't think we can launch this. And there's been a lot, like a mm-hmm. handful of things like that where for her, you know, she's working on a budget and a timeline and, and yeah. like to keep the business running, you, you need, you need all that stuff. And, and I don't really care about that stuff. I'm just like, well, this product isn't good enough. We can't launch it. Yeah. And, and there's a good like, you know, balance between that because I don't, I don't think about that. Like, that part of the business and if I did think about it I would probably be a little more scared to say oh yeah we're not launching this because Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be successful but she trusts me and so we have a great partnership so you know it all it's it's like there's something like that in kind of every aspect of the business um wait so So, what's what's new for dry bar we heard that you're starting or have started a podcast yeah you know there's I mean there's so much new for on a lot of fronts I mean dry bar it, we've also we're just starting to introduce. I don't know if you guys go to the Bryant Park location in New York. I've been. Have you been <laughs> recently? No, no. I so haven't. if you have a chance, go because we are kind of rolling out this new dry styling concept. Where also because our products have grown so, so tremendously, and you know we are doing such amazing business in Sephora and Ulta and Nordstrom that we wanted to you know kind of start to create that. Which, which we wasn't something we initially were doing when we built dry bars, but now we've started to create this kind of dry styling retail part of the store. So next time you go to Bryant Park, you'll walk in and you'll be like, whoa, what happened here? Because we have basically two like smaller, like almost like bar chairs that are set up for just dry styling where, and it's not available in all dry bars yet, but we are working on it where you can come in and like, you don't have time for a full blowout for us yeah. to wash your hair, but you just need to touch up because you're going to an event, you know, something like that. It's like that's twenty dollars, cool. I believe, is what we're charging for it. And then there's like, and it's like very well lit, and there's like walls of products, and we have like a, a little iPad that like you can put in check it out your hair stuff, and it'll tell you what you need for product wise. So that's kind of a newer thing that we're starting to test and play with. That's I love very these types of quizzes. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's so fun. All of the things. Yeah. I love selecting something on an iPad. Like, <laughs> like let me select my. it's so fun (laughs) it's like one of the questions i just did a story on it and one of the questions is like you know what's your dream hair and i was like where's blake lively on here (laughs) you know i was like it's you know it's she's a dream person she is seeing her movie tonight (laughs) oh that looks so good i know who's your dream celebrity to style huh if you haven't already I, i i would say probably like or just like, who would you get really excited about if you heard they came in? Well, I'll tell you, it's pretty amazing, the celebrity lineup. I mean, you name them, they've come in. Like Gwyneth Paltrow comes in all the time with Apple. You know, Julia Roberts comes in all the time. And it's then amazing. like, you know, I will meet celebrities and, uh, you know, they'll hear I'm the founder of Driver. And they'll be like, I love Driver. I go to Driver. I'm like, you do? You know, I mean, we're obviously like keep that very low key and we never like want that, you know, we want celebrities just like anybody else to feel really comfortable and whatever. Um, you know, I've done Jennifer Garner's hair and there's, I mean, I, you name it, they've come in and I can't, I mean, I, it's a laundry list of, you know, yeah. Tina Fey is always in our New York shops. That's amazing. Which one? <laughs> You're like, I'm going there. Um, she's, I think she's at the Parker a lot, but I, she's I will say. not really <laughs> close to my apartment, so. There's, um, but there's something we I, you know, I can't give you all the details, but we may or may not be working on something with Tina Fey too. So keep a look, oh. look out for that. Is it going to be like a Mean Girls blowout <laughs> on the menu? I don't know. Oh you my god! Would I would take Regina well, George hair. The, you know, that's the thing too. Is like we have, we definitely are exploring a lot more opportunities. You know, we've done partnerships with like Pretty Little Liars, and we've done like we've worked with Girls from HBO, and we've you know we're working with a lot more brands to put like certain contact 
content on our TVs that makes sense and I'm very yeah. very particular about what we do but cool. it is like another kind of revenue driver but the beauty of it is like whatever we promote are promoting to our clients which we feel like is very on brand and girls will love it you know we, we always give them something in exchange so if you walk into to dry bar and we're showing you know some when movie, Harry met Sally yeah well not that like something like no, that's happening like now out. yeah oh. this century oh yeah. I like the old stuff I know totally and we will <laughs> always have that but like if there's a movie like we just did a, a small partnership and not national with um life itself the new movie with um ah what's her name you i don't know about i don't remember <laughs> but it's like it's called life itself it's like there's billboards around it I'll, i should know but anyways we we played not the, the blake lively movie that i'm seeing tonight is a it? simple favor oh simple favor <laughs> yeah no it's not that but anyways you know we do these we like we did something with netflix for um drew barrymore show um I'm really yes the yes, the, the vampire one yes, yes yes or zombie yeah yeah what is it called my god I'm doing a terrible job of promoting all of this that's okay we I'm like I don't even know what I can't you're talking come about. up but my with point them. is is that you know we play the content and do like a whole thing around it but in the exchange you know when you come in your blowout is on the house because we're right. subjecting you to like watch whatever which we would never subject you you know I use that term lightly to something that didn't feel on brand or something that didn't feel like you would actually enjoy it but there's that quick pro quo that we want to make sure the client is really happy but that's kind of another fun thing that we're doing i love getting an email that's like free blowouts and then is. i never actually get one because i'm know, not fast I enough know, i know isn't it funny i mean the talk about like learning things <laughs> when the very one of the very first big promotions we did with was with hbo it was for girls and it was like they were doing this happy hour yeah look at that happy <laughs> hour thing where they were basically there was like a two-hour window in the middle of like this day where they were going to we were going to show girls on the tv and, and if you came in you, you, this two hours or if you booked a blowout your blowout was complimentary you know from mm -hmm. hbo but we we didn't realize that like we can't send that out to our entire database because there's really only like a hundred spots. But we did because we oh had god. never done that before. And oh my god, I had to like put out a public statement, like an apology, because women were so mad because it was like to your point, you got the email that there was a free blowout yeah. and you went to book it and you couldn't book, you couldn't get in, and people were pissed. Yeah, and we were like, okay tranches next time yeah. we, we first send it to a small group target and right. yeah and it was like oh my god and we learned that and now when we send those emails we do do it in group you know we send it out in layers because once it's gone obviously we don't send it anymore and it does go pretty quickly can you get me into the first group <laughs> yes yes <laughs> the vip but it's it's hard because I, it's like you literally have to get the email and then do it that minute. Yeah, like you really it, it is. I mean, yeah. it's it's free, you know, and when you see free people go crazy. Who doesn't want free? Who doesn't want I don't free? Everyone loves occasion free. Everyone free loves blowout. free. It's like anything. Like here's a free toothbrush. I'll take it. Me too. Yeah. I need another toothbrush. Always. And that's why my apartment is overflowing <laughs> with crap. Like, literally. Yeah. Same. Well, tell us about the, the podcast. So, that's you know, up based on like you know a lot of the questions you guys are asking me and what we're talking about today there's there are so many people who are you know at the very early stages of starting their own business and budding entrepreneurs and my brother michael and i get asked every day all the time in so many different forms like you know about branding and about raising money and how did you do it and what should i do and when should i hire and blah 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 and the mm -hmm. questions go on and on and so you know we felt like doing a podcast as a brother and sister who have like a very like funny banter and fight kind of mm -hmm. about a lot of That's things. Cute. Yeah. You know, so we could kind of do that, talk to entrepreneurs, give advice. And, you know, we have this like DM me where people DM me like their business question. And then we ask, you know, we answer it live on the show. And so oh, that sounds great. it's really, it's been really fun. And it's interesting talking to, you know, different entrepreneurs and hearing how their journeys and why they did what they did. And, you know, I think that it's, it, you, you know you gain a lot of insight and the feedback I've gotten from it is like oh I didn't know this and this has been so helpful and I've, I've you know learned so much from listening to your podcast so so it's fun that's great so what's it what's it called just so everybody raising the bar what? raising the bar raising the bar so, I like that yes yeah <laughs> good name right good, good yeah. writing so you are a writer we do have some right we have some good I mean that's the thing my husband and his team they're they're like you guys like they come up with shit and I'm like Wow, that's so good. It's, it's really, a gift. It really it's interesting how many different skill sets need to go into one company. So true. Like we Aileen and I and our third co founder, we pretty much have a very similar skill set. Like we're all pretty creative and we're, into we're, the brand. We're all really creative but creative about different things. I that's think. true. 
but which is important but the same at the same time none of us are like yes i love finance <laughs> oh no <laughs> you know you gotta hire so you gotta hi- so we hired out yeah, yeah so that, but i mean that's really important to notice about yourself and like be really the, self-aware it's incredibly important i think that's also such great advice like you have to be aware of the things that you're good at and the things yeah. that you're not good at i mean nobody wants me doing payroll <laughs> right nobody nobody's getting paid if i do payroll I, <laughs> you know uh, but it's 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 important and i think when you're a very ambitious founder and you just you know you don't want to like have to spend money on people or give equity away and all the things that you don't want to do that you're just like hunker down and i can do it all like yeah I'm sorry. I just don't think you can. You know, I don't think you can possibly be really great at everything. I think you have to, you know, it was a conversation my brother and I had so many times, a lot of therapy is like, you know, do you want to own a smaller piece of a, you know, a bigger pie or have, you know, it's like, and I feel like it took me a long time to kind of grasp that concept of, you know, having to give up equity and having to like, if we're going to grow this thing really huge, you have to make sacrifices. And no one's going to judge you for like saying that I'm not good at something, but I am really good at something. In fact, like people might be more impressed because you know yourself, you know what you're good at, you know know your strengths and weaknesses. Exactly. Also, what we find is that the more you try to be good at everything, you're only mediocre at everything. Which is exactly what I was explaining before of of our concept. If I think if we tried to do lashes and nails, everything would be like, Fine. You know, fine and okay. Not like spreading, amazing. Spreading yourself too thin. 100%. So yeah. any advice, just general advice for future entrepreneurs who are listening? Gosh, I think we've given so much good advice. You know, Brands I think, could be about anything. I think... Um, motherhood, anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, listen, I think at the end of the day, like, I think the best advice I can give to people who are thinking about starting their own business is to just do it and not get... I was just talking to a friend who has an idea for a business well, she's actually kind of a big celebrity and then she should totally do it, which I can't tell you who or why or what, but it's a really cool business. At some point, I'm going to be like, this is who I was talking about. Um, But, you know, I was like, you just, it's a great idea. You know, you have, you know what you're doing. You have a lot of other people who are going to help you with this. Just do it. My, I have to give my brother credit for this statement. He always says, don't let um, perfect get in the way of progress. And I think that's such oh, great I advice. I need to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> because we get so like stuck in this, like, I don't know how to do that. And I don't know how to do this. And what do I do with this? And who, nobody knows about this. And, and you know, like, where do I, where do I even start? And so you have to just start, you know, and you have to just take the plunge and just start doing it. And you start making lists and you start figuring out the, what you need to know. And you ask everybody that anybody that will talk to you for advice and help and like what and it's amazing how and i'm sure you guys have found this too like you have a lot of people within your own personal network who are who can be very helpful to you and will help you for free you know our one of our very close friends is a lawyer and when i was like navigating in the early days of opening dry bar like how to deal with all the paperwork from the cosmetology board and all these like rules that i could barely interpret you know my friend jeff williams give him a little shout out i was like you know, can you help me? Like, I don't understand what this means. And he would, and he would tell me and, 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 you know, and there's, there's, you'd be surprised how many people are in your network who are willing to kind of help you and want to be part of your success, you know? Yeah. That's encouraging to be involved a little bit. That's true. I feel like that. I mean, when someone comes to me with, and I get it a lot, when someone comes to me with an idea that I think is a great idea, I'm like, let me you should talk to this person and talk to this person and here's what you should do and i like i give i mean i give free advice all day long to anybody also because i think a lot of people helped me when i was we were starting out gave us advice and i feel like this like pay it forward and i've had so much success that i want to give back and part of why we did the podcast so i have a question for you when this is over (laughs) (laughs) give it to me well um thank you so so much for joining us and being here and this is so fun you guys are talking with us especially because we've been such longtime fans and it's amazing to be get in the same room um okay so where can just drybar.com drybar.com the drybar.com the drybar.com and there's an app and and there's an app get the app everyone the podcast is called raising the bar with Allie and michael and everyone follow ali on instagram yes ali webb a-l-l-i-w-e-b-b double l double b yes double l you're good can i hire you guys yes um honestly do you want to i'm pretty good at blowouts um i'm not can you be my speechwriter yeah i can blow up here um all right thank you so so much thank you guys all right bye bye Betches.